Okay, I'm just pressing recording. Okay, we're recording. You can see it, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, and you can even pause recording. I didn't know that. Okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of Imposter. Um, my name is Taylor. That was terrible. And my- I again. I already said um. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. I say um all the time. I know. It's like, relatable. Right, right off the bat, I sound like an idiot. Okay. Okay. Take two. <gasps> Hi, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of Imposter. This is Taylor. And this is Monica. And we'll be your hosts for this podcast. And um, I can't believe, I can't believe we're finally doing this. It's been, I think, kind of like a year in the making, right? We we first talked about this at lunch, like probably, probably this time last year around New Year's resolutions, right? Yeah, it's been... It's like the one year anniversary of when we thought of this cute name and then did nothing about it. I think we've been sitting on it for a while because we were just like, do we really have a lot to say? Like, are people going to want to listen to this? Um, But I think we still don't know. (laughs) I know. I mean, we don't know. So we'll figure that out by looking at our (laughs) analytics, I guess. But um, but yeah, I think. I think this is something that we would find helpful if other people did it, especially women in tech. Um, so we wanted to create that because we just really didn't find that out there. And other tech podcasts seemed like super serious. And we're going to just try to bring a little more fun, like personality into uh, what being in, in this industry is like and kind of break down, you know, common misconceptions or fears you may have about entering the industry and just share personal stories. And hopefully we can um, get to the point where we get actual listener questions and answer those. So we thought of this name, imposter, which sounds like the word imposter, but it's H-E-R, so impost her, because this idea of imposter syndrome sort of plaguing women in careers, especially in technology, feeling that despite all positive accolades they've been given, being promoted, anything that they'd achieved on their career path, that they are still feeling as though they don't necessarily deserve to be where they are. And that's something that resonates with me. It's something that resonates with Taylor. And so we just got to thinking this, it can't be just us. So here we are just trying to talk about it, trying to grow a community of women who are willing to be vulnerable and talk about how they've dealt with it, how it's shown up in their lives and how they're working on overcoming it as well. Yeah. And I think it's, it particularly plagues the two of us because we are uh, what, what people call non-traditional computer science uh, or not computer science, non-traditional engineers because we don't have a computer science background. That means we, we didn't go to college for this. And Monica, you and I talk about this all the time, you know, feeling like we always have to prove ourselves because we don't have that background. We don't have that stamp of approval from a university saying, yes, like this person, you know, knows their stuff. So we feel, and on top of that being a woman, it's just kind of compounded. We feel like we have to be proving ourselves more and more. And like Monica said, despite promotions, despite our peers giving, like saying great job, um, like all of the accolades we can get, it's, 
it's still such a personal feeling of like, does that like, am I tricking everyone? Um, does, am I really good at this? Or like, does everyone just think I am? So it's, it's kind of this like constant internal battle. And I think a lot of people, especially women deal with this. I don't even think I took like math or science in college. I guess starting from college, Monica, how'd you go from there to where we are now? Which I guess we should say is we are both senior software engineers at Headspace. That's where we met. Um, I'm on the iOS team and Monica is on the Android team. So you would find that in the Google Play Store if you have an Android. So we are kind of counterparts on those different teams together. But so how did you go from, you know, your college experience to, to chapter lead Android developer at Headspace? Yeah, Taylor, as you mentioned, neither of us have uh, CS backgrounds, didn't study that in college. Uh, the only science course I took in college was, I think, earth science or geology to fulfill a requirement. and. Even that, I don't think I did particularly well in. So I I got a, a BA, again, nothing to do with computers at all. And uh, from there, got a job doing inside sales at a startup in DC, which is where I lived right after college and sort of moved, didn't. I was good at sales because I was just kind of like hammering calls every day. And it turns out to just sort of be a numbers game, but it didn't really like light a fire for me. Uh, so I switched over to an operations role. Then after that just kind of happened, I had a friend who got a job at a company in LA and uh, that sounded exciting. So there was uh, another role open that I applied for and got uh, that was also sort of like client facing, again, account management type stuff. Uh, but it was there that uh, because it was a much smaller company, all of the even account managers were much more sort of hands on with product support. It was a software company, a tech company. So I did start to learn a lot about this software product and just a, a lot more about computers in general. Um, I had to field a lot of complaints from existing customers who were having issues with the platform. And I would sort of bubble those up to the engineering team and they would do what engineers do is kind of like, I don't know, but this doesn't really seem super important. So I don't really know when it's going to get fixed. And I would have to kind of sugarcoat that and take it back to the customer. And after, you know, several months of that, I just got kind of so frustrated that I thought like, fuck this, I'm just gonna, I'd rather just learn how to code and like fix these bugs myself. And, and it also was helpful that there was an engineer on the team who this was his first job and he had just graduated from a boot camp, also from a non-traditional background. So he was a great person to talk to about his experience and also um, everyone, all the engineers at that company were super encouraging of me to pursue this anyway. And I think having someone or several people kind of like in your back corner, sort of pushing you forward, at least for me, who definitely like did not believe in myself to become a software engineer out of the box was super, super helpful. So I quit that job, um, which was exciting and terrifying. And 
I studied my little butt off for another couple of months and then applied to and was accepted to a coding boot camp. That was a three-month program. They usually are, or I, I guess they have like different terms, but the one I went to was an intensive for three months. So it was like nine, 10 hours a day, maybe more than that, because there'd be homework and stuff that you'd stay and do too for for six days a week for three months. So it was really hard, but because it was such a small cohort and obviously spending that much time with a group of people, you inevitably become close. And again, it was a very supportive community. I attribute so much of that to my being successful there was just kind of like the constant support and sort of pushing forward. And it's just sort of like, I don't know, Taylor, if you had like the same experience, but it's just sort of like a blinders on like heads down. And it's so short. Like there's also a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, you're not in this forever. As luck would then have it, there was another student who had a friend who was working at Headspace who was, I think, a team lead on the engineering and was wanting to get some interns for the summer. He encouraged me to apply. I did apply. I got the internship and I never left. Like I'm still there. <laughs> uh, I'm not an intern anymore. Um, I'm a I'm, I'm a <laughs> senior engineer, uh, which still sounds kind of like, even though I've been in this role for like over, uh, I, well, I've been an engineer now for almost like five years and a senior for like a year and a half. Maybe I don't, I don't keep track of time <laughs> anymore, not since 2020, but that sounds about right. And it's still, sometimes I have to like pinch myself like, oh, I'm actually doing this and yeah, yeah still there. <laughs> Thank God you're still here because I wouldn't have met you otherwise. <laughs> I have the same exact feeling. Uh, yeah. You got promoted a year and a half ago. I know this because you're about a half a year ahead of me. So mm -hmm. We're always, you know, I feel like it's so good with you and I too, is we talk about our promotion paths and our salaries. And like, we know we can kind of compare each other, not, not because com comparison is, is terrible in this business in general, but because you and I have such similar backgrounds and kind of uh, similar levels of experience, it's super helpful for us to compare notes. So we don't get like left in the dust. And yeah. I think that's like such an important thing for women to do in this industry because you know, you, you just, you just never know. You never know if you are making the same as your counterparts, but um, yeah, we formed that alliance. So I know when you were promoted because I just remember those things. <laughs> I know. I remember you <laughs> sent a bunch of, a bunch of Slack emojis and the women's I channel. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. We blasted our whole channel with all kind of the women at our company where we hype each other up and we congratulate each other. That was cute. But yeah, I have the same feeling of saying senior software engineer. I just, I just feel weird saying it. I feel like people look at me and are like, mm, sure. Like, I don't believe it, but yeah, I, it's crazy how, and I actually, I mean, I know I remember the sales thing, but as you were talking about your sales experience, it's just exactly like mine. And, and oh my God, I, I forgot you were in sales too. I know. I know. I was like so bad. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I guess you touched on most stuff that I would want to talk about. So I'll, I'll make mine short, but um, yeah, so I went to college. Uh, I went to Cornell. I was like obsessed about where I was going to go to college since I was about eight years old. Like I visited Harvard, like I getting into Cornell, I wasn't even that excited because I 
at that point didn't get into like Stanford and Princeton and Harvard. I was like, dang it. You know, guess I have to go to Cornell, which is, is so ridiculous. Like I just was such a, a freak overachiever, you know, perfectionist, never happy with anything. But anyway, I loved going there. It was, it was the best, but do I use anything I learned there today? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, uh, you know, was pre-med. So I took organic chemistry. I absolutely sucked ass at that. Um, Doesn't everyone though? Like, that's, <laughs> I, mean, I never took chemistry, but from what I've heard. <laughs> it was literally so bad. And like the class was at 8am Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And Ooh. I'm sorry. I just didn't have time for that. Wait, I, every year, all four years. No, no, no. Just like it was one year. I think, okay. I think it was a full year of taking that class. Um, full year of hell. But but yeah, so um, kind of throughout college, I just wasn't really sure. I, I was pre-med because it it just seemed like one of the only jobs you do when you like think you're a smart person. It's like, oh, I'm going to become a doctor or a lawyer. And I liked the sciences and I liked math. And I just thought that that was kind of the logical next step. As I was uh, you know, nearing graduation, I still kind of ha- didn't have it figured out. I wasn't ready to fully apply to med school. Still wasn't really sure. So I applied to Teach for America instead. Total 180 to uh, become a teacher. And I think what was in the back of my mind was like, I wanted to do something that was helping people. So like being a doctor, I'd be helping people obviously with their health, being a teacher, I would be able to directly and pretty quickly, like get in the classroom and help students that really need it. Teacher America serves, you know, like uh, very underserved populations. Majority of the students are minorities. And um, I was placed in the South side of Chicago. So super like rough neighborhood rough in terms of like, there were actual gunshots outside of the classroom and, you know, we had security. So it was just a very, it it was like, it was intense. I think it was an intense first job for me to have, but it was actually the best thing I could have done for myself because it was so emotionally, like mentally, physically taxing that everything since then has been a breeze, honestly, even, even this whole career change. Um, and because the gravity of that job is like, you need to break through to your students and, and really make progress every day, or they are falling behind. Um, you know, in fact, most of them are already behind. And so you're just playing this game of catch up. And I was a first grade teacher. So even then you're, you're still, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you are a first grade teacher, but that, I mean, it, that would be difficult for anyone, but this was also your first teaching experience, right? So Yeah. yeah. I'm snapping. I don't know if the mic will pick it up. <laughs> I thank you. I appreciate that. I always say like, I was a terrible teacher, but I, I really cared about the kids. So I think at, at the very least the kids like felt that for me. Um, and it was, it was, it was really fun. Like the stories I had, I felt like I was a much more interesting person back then. Cause I would just have stories every day and I would be cracking up also probably crying a bunch of the time too. Um, yeah. Having that as a first job really has set me up to be pretty resilient at the end of my two years, so Teach for America is a two-year commitment. I didn't really go in saying like, I'm doing two years and I'm out and then going to law school or med school. I I still at this point didn't know what I wanted to do. But at the end of the two years, I kind of realized it just wasn't sustainable for me being in the classroom every single day. I mean, it's just the most tiring thing possible. So I I knew I kind of wanted to stay in that space and still help students and help work toward closing the achievement gap. But um, not really in the capacity of being a teacher. So I joined a startup that was a technology startup that basically is called eSpark Learning in Chicago. 
And it basically was an iPad app that we sold to schools and school districts that would help individualize kind of apps and games for students to work on throughout the day based on their test scores. So it was the answer to, you know, every student in a classroom has different needs. So this is the way that we were going to address that with technology. So a teacher can hand a group of students some iPads and they can be working on stuff that actually helps them learn, not just like games, you know, to goof around. And there, the same experience that you had. So I started as an intern and then I, uh, I wanted to be on the kind of curriculum development side, but I ended up being shuffled more into the partner side, uh, first helping with implementation. So I would train teachers in, in how to use it. Um, a little bit of kind of member experience, customer service kind of stuff there too. And then finally landed in a more sales role. But I just, coming from the background of teaching students at a school that would have benefited so much from this program, I couldn't in good conscience, good, in good conscience, uh, sell it's a difficult something. difficult word. It's okay. I know, right? <laughs> I couldn't sell something so expensive to, you know, schools that really needed it, that couldn't afford it, didn't have those extra mm-hmm. funds. So in my mind, we were kind of selling to districts that, yeah, it was, it was good. It was still helping students, but I, in my, I kind of had a one track mind of like, helping the students that really needed it. And so there was a disconnect there for me. I also just am not a salesperson. I get a lot of energy from solving problems on my own and working independently on problems and using my brain in that way, not in talking to people all day. Although I do need an aspect of that, I'm realizing it's, it, it felt just too performative all day long. Like I wasn't being myself. I went from teaching, performance, sales, yeah. performance, and I just didn't think that yeah. my skills really aligned there. I don't know if that's how you felt. Totally. Well, sales is just hard. I like, I like talking to people too, but I don't like talking to someone and knowing that I have like an ask to make. Yeah. That is difficult. And, and kind of like simultaneously, I don't love when people come to me to like, just have a casual conversation and then I start to realize like oh they want something from me <laughs> yeah I mean in my everyday life I have trouble asking people for things anyway like my closest friends and family like my yeah. sister and I my sister and I got in, into a little uh tiff over winter <laughs> like the holiday break because I felt like I was like taking all the trash out and I asked her to <laughs> I asked her to take the trash out and she like said I did it in like a bad tone but I was like okay well what kind of tone am I supposed to do it so anyway like I have trouble even trying to ask people for things in general uh, let alone like spend money on Mm -hmm. a product that I already feel like is too expensive um you know that they may not need like they they needed more teachers they need like physical body um so yeah and, and compounded with the fact that I, that was the first time I actually met engineers and I was like, oh, these are like normal, cool people. They're not weirdos in a cave, like hacking away, trying to like hack into the government. Like I just thought like software engineers were just huge nerds, no personality. Like I could never be that. Cause I would never be someone like that, you know, cause I'm so fun and cool and, you know, just not nerdy at all. That's a lie. But, but, you know, like, I just was like, ah, like, who are these people? It was kind of like a scary, 
Yeah, I feel like for media, you you just think of like the guy in the corner with like the headphones on hacking, Mm -hmm. the hacker. He knows everyone's passwords. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, like this, yeah. He's watching you through his computer. Totally, like creeping me out. But yeah, so I met these dudes and I was just like, okay, like you guys are cool. Like I wish, I kind of missed the boat on that in college. I wish Mm -hmm. I had studied that. And then someone uh, at the company had done my boot camp, which was Dev Boot Camp. Uh, RIP, rest in peace. Dev Boot Camp has gone out of business. But I knew some people who did that. And I applied, same as you. I was just like, I'm quitting my job. And you and I have talked about how, like, we are so lucky that we were able to quit our jobs. You know, I had backing from my parents to continue living in Chicago and take this course uninterrupted for six months, 19 weeks, 19 weeks. It was <laughs> mine was nine weeks remote, nine weeks on site. Oh, all interesting. Day long. It, it was the same as you. Like I just kind of, I just kind of resigned myself to the fact that I wasn't going to have a life during this time. And mm-hmm. I just needed to really fully immerse myself because I had zero experience. Like I had never seen it, what code yeah. looked like until, until I had to do an interview for this bootcamp and mine Mine doesn't sound like it was as intensive as your inter- interview. Mine was just a couple of really simple questions, which is probably why Dev Bootcamp maybe went, went down in the end if you accept everyone. But yeah, so I found myself there. And then I basically just, I reached out using family connections, friend connections, people that worked at different tech companies. And I just blasted people on LinkedIn and like asked for phone calls and I emailed them. And I luckily was put in touch with someone at Disney through my mom because my mom worked at ABC at the time, which is affiliated with Disney. And I spoke to someone at the studio on the studio side of Disney, so like all the movies. And we just had like a personal conversation. It wasn't even an interview, like just personal conversation about my life. And he was like, okay, let me see if I can create an internship for you. It's a little late, like a little late in the cycle, but let me see. And then I got an email a couple of days later that it it was just created. And it's not like my mom, you know, yes, I had the connection from my mom, but it's not like my mom was, is the CEO of Disney. Like my, this, this oh. dude did not know my mom. So it's a huge <laughs> company, obviously. Right. And it was, it was crazy that I think like one, one of the themes of our show is going to be that like, there is so much more to people, to, to engineers, like the technical piece is one piece, but especially when you're hiring for an intern, you're not going to rely on that intern to hit all your OKRs and launch all kinds of crazy, you know, productive experiments to, to get, to get like, to lift your company. You're, you're bringing that person. You shouldn't in. be. <laughs> you're, you're bringing that person in likely to help another person that wants to mentor or to maybe like shake it up a little bit, add some new, new, new energy into, um, into the company. And, and so, yeah, so I think that you know, all I can guess from that interview and, and maybe he'll listen to this, uh, this podcast because we do follow each other on LinkedIn. So when we post it, we'll see if my friend over at Disney, uh, who, who hired me listens, um, shout out to him, but are you but listening yeah. Disney friend? I know Disney friend. Like I want to say his name, but I don't want him to feel weird. So I won't do that, but car got that carved out for myself just by, I don't know, charming, charming him by, by my story being interesting, by being different, by being someone that he thought could learn. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, and I got there and then I was hired full time and I was there for about two years. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, like you're glazing over the part where 
you obviously did a really good job as an intern so that you converted to a full-time position and then you did and then you interviewed and had like a very very real on-site interview at Headspace and nailed that too so that's true Um, networking yes but you still had did a lot of you know like proved your technical prowess yeah, I think in, other, in many other ways too. Did I use that word correctly? Probably. I feel like I have this thing where I like I think of cool words, but I don't exactly know what they mean, and I just sort of like sprinkle them into conversation and see if anyone calls me out. And if they don't, I just continue using them, probably not in the right way. No, I believe that Prowess. was correct. You know, okay, I'm great. Not- you're the you're the teacher, so I'm gonna. I'm going to trust you. You know, when I taught the word prowess in first grade, <laughs> that was one of the usages that we went over. Technical mm-hmm. prowess. Yeah. 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 No, that's definitely, yeah. That kind of like reminds me of, I don't know, like a lot, it seems like animalistic, like a lioness, like technical. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Like on the prowl, the prowl. And on the prowl. I think that's what I'm getting. I don't know. I think that's what I'm getting. <sighs> yeah. Listeners, if you know what this word really means. <laughs> Me and all my prowess, uh, you know, got myself to where I am. The Headspace interview, I uh, almost cried. We don't do this anymore, so I can I can share what it was. And you know, <laughs> we're going to definitely have episodes about interviews and stuff. But mm-hmm. there was a point in this interview where I had to sit down for three hours that ended up being interrupted by lunch. So it was really like an hour and a half lunch, hour and a half, which really messed things up for me. Where I had to, I had to do it. I had to build an app. Like I had to sit in the Headspace office and build an app by myself, um, hitting an endpoint and like getting back a list yeah. of like Walmart grocery items or something and like display <laughs> them. And I uh, had it crash. It was crashing when I went to lunch and I was like, shoot. And I came back. And of course, you know, I had been at lunch in another lunch mm-hmm. interview. So I totally lost my train of thought, came back couldn't get it working. And then in the debrief, like we fixed one line and stuff started to show up. So I didn't totally bomb it, but I really, I left that interview being like, either they're going to feel really bad for me and like, you know, maybe want to help me and hire me or they're, or they're just going to be like, what the heck was that girl doing here? Like, I am confused. I'm confused how she's not. But look, but it was, it was neither. It was um, neither. It was neither. Um, you know, I was and so at the end of the day, like you said, it was literally, it, it wasn't that all your code was wrong. It was one, it was one line. I can't even tell you the amount of lines I've written that have crashed our code base. Sometimes like in production, oops, interviews are hard, especially those. And, and that's definitely, I've heard of a lot of other companies that do a similar type of interview which on one hand I appreciate because well I should say I don't appreciate being thrown um a bunch of like algorithm data structure like computer science questions where right where I feel like I have to study for months and months just to even feel like eligible for an interview only to never use those again, um, really on the job. But at the same time, like, that's just, it's a lot riding on essentially like one interview question, which is just like, 
build this Walmart grocery app. <laughs> I know. I know. It's more like trivia or just if you remember that like method in the moment or you remember that algorithm, it's just kind of silly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we don't do that anymore, luckily. But yeah, we'll have to we'll have to dive deep in interviews in you know future episodes because that's a hot topic. But yeah, I'm I'm so glad that we have found yeah. And so for both of us, we started, I guess you started as an intern. I started as I started as basically the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> and uh and then because I did so badly in that interview, but they you know good enough to hire me, but, but still, you got hired. You did still, better than a lot of people who did that interview. <laughs> so totally, totally, but I was leveled so low that three months later my manager was like, actually, you're you're misleveled, like you're doing better than that. So basically my performance was you know, better than that crap interview I gave. And then we corrected that leveling, which is, I'm very grateful for, um, without me asking. So yeah. And then, and then both you and I, you before me have been promoted to senior engineer since then, you know, it's only up from here. I think I, for something for me is I've thought about becoming a senior, senior software engineer for so long. Like that's the title. I get to update my LinkedIn. So all my friends can see how, you know, Smart I am, accomplished. How smart I am! I'm so smart. I know. Um, <laughs> You're so good at computers. <laughs> even though now I'm making a podcast about how You're I don't computers. think I'm smart enough to be doing that. <laughs> but, but no, like I, it was just in my mind as so long for a for so long as this this like goal. And I think mm-hmm. once we I hit that, I was like, okay, here I am. Like, what's next? Like, what's the next? Yeah. What's the next goal to work toward? Which is interesting because now I think both of us are kind of at a point where there's going to be a fork in the road pretty soon, which is, do we stay the course as I see like an individual contributor or veer more towards into like a leadership track uh, and look to becoming an engineering manager, which is also something that would probably be cool to do an episode yeah about yeah that's something that I really haven't figured out yet like I really am trying to figure out where my interests lie Mm -hmm. and I really you know there's like a lot of bureaucracy and like you know just dealing with a lot of kind of the bs side of things when you're a manager it's like a lot of coordination and project management and like less meetings meetings yeah and like I think I would get a lot of value out of out of like mentoring people, but Mm -hmm. the, the other side of that, of like lining up projects and sprints and making sure people have enough to work on. And that just sounds like hell to me. So I think, yeah, Yeah. this will be a podcast where uh, of self-discovery as well. Maybe we can get some people on here that can, um, that can point us into some point us in the right direction and also have women on here who are in positions much higher than us to see, like, to see what that looks like. Because I think as a woman, it's hard not having that role model. Like, it's not like I have, you know, Oh, like, uh, like, I don't know. Um, I, I don't want to say Mark Zuckerberg, like, because yuck, but, um, like disgusting Facebook, but you know, like that kind of figure, you don't have those like, Oh, this woman, the one that comes to mind is that, that absolute train wreck woman. Um, Yes. Elizabeth Holmes. Um, but like, we really don't have one of those where it's like, oh yeah, like this women founded this company and blah, blah. And I'm, I'm sure there are, whole, there are a lot of reasons why women don't even get to that stage, but which is a whole nother topic. But 
yeah, I think finding role models and people that, that you can kind of copy their path or see what they did to get there is, is super valuable in, in paving your own path. But for now, here we are, we're just, you know, living in this, in this senior engineer life and trying to figure out, you know, what, like what gives us energy and what we really like doing about the job. That's an ongoing process always. Totally. And also having like super honest conversations about when we feel like we can't do our jobs um, because of self-doubt, because we get in our own way. And that's actually something that we want to sort of wrap these episodes up with every week is uh, sort of an imposter, imposter moment, imposter versus all-star. So it'll like a high, high and low or low and high sort of moment. Yeah. Like moment where felt you like really nailed it. All-star. I think the term all-star is like kind of losery, but it kind of matches with imposter. So I like how it sounds together, but maybe we can figure out another term for it. But like, is it, is it, it reminds me of that smash mouth. Is it all-star yeah. or rock star? I don't uh, remember. Now, you're a, it could be either one. All star. It's all-star. We should, let's say rock star then. But then <laughs> I think of the energy drink. Something you'll learn about Monica and I is we both have been singers at one point in our life. Not that you could tell from that sampling of all-star <laughs> smash mouth. But uh, yeah, you will get into those interests. But yeah, I'm not sure. All-star, yeah. Imposter, imposter versus rock star. Imposter versus all-star. Whatever. Listeners, if you, if you have a horse in this race, please let <laughs> us know your thoughts. Or potentially, hopefully, you have a much better idea of what we can name this segment. So, but I like, please, please help us. (laughs) This is, I think this is the most important thing for us is to always be just open about when we, when we feel doubts like that, because I think it's just so prevalent. And if we just make it normal, if we make it not, you know, if we don't make people feel alone in those thoughts, then that will be so helpful, I think. Because I know whenever I talk to you or, other people we work with and, you know, you share that with me. I'm like, okay, I'm not the only one that's second guessing myself or feeling like I don't belong. So yeah, that's kind of our goal here. But do you have your imposter versus all-star moment of the week? My or God, it's hard, hard, to pick just, hard to pick just one. I know. Um, I, I will say also just to echo what um, you were saying, Taylor, about how it always makes you feel better when like we kind of talk and bounce are you know like moments of self-doubt off of each other I've found it to be especially hard just like working from home for the past year too yeah because it just I mean obviously we are all physically isolated and when I feel as though I make a mistake or I'm trying to I feel under pressure and I'm like trying to get something working and it's just not working and I can't debug it. And it's like, everything's going wrong. And it feels so like my own world is crashing in. And also very much, it feels like I am the only person who has ever felt this and who has ever failed at this and everyone else on my team. And like, probably also my mom could figure this out. (laughs) Um, No. And then you like, like, and then you reach out to people and they like, because it's so hard to talk via Slack or just remotely, like it's just the personal element is gone. So you ask questions and then 
if people are short with you or like don't mm-hmm. have time to help you, you're just like, ah, like I'm actually so <laughs> alone here and feeling yeah, like, like if, idiot. <laughs> if they don't respond, like my first thought is like, oh my God, they're obviously not responding because this question is so stupid. And they're just thinking about how stupid I am, which is also <laughs> just like the most narcissistic thought. Like nobody has t- like everyone's thinking about themselves and like thinking about their own work. Like that is a huge point. I heard this on another podcast. I don't remember what it was, but I'm stealing it. <laughs> um, the, the best thing about imposter syndrome is that ev- a lot, everyone has it like, you know, throughout different, not even just in tech, every, every job, I think, I think there's an element of that. And like, you're kind of narcissist. Like, who do you think you are to be fooling mm-hmm. all the smart people around you? Like, don't give yourself that much credit. Like that's actually giving yourself a lot of credit that you are able to show up to your job and literally fool everyone around you for how long have we been at Headspace? You've been there almost four years. More than four four. years. More than four. Oh my Jesus. I've been there two and a half. So so clearly we can't have been fooling. That's a kind of a long time to be fooling everyone. So that's a good tidbit to keep in the back of your mind is don't give yourself that much credit. People know, people pick up on things. And, uh, you know, if you, if you didn't really deserve to be there, it would have been, you would have been found out for sure. Totally. Um, anyway, okay. that's your imposter that, moment, your imposter, her, moment. um, well, editing the trailer <laughs> yes. yesterday, um, I did, I used, I worked at my college radio station and did a lot of, uh, like audio editing there and had a couple like internships where it came into play. So I sort of like probably went into it with a little bit of uh inflated ego as to my competency. And then also mm-hmm. like my garage band wasn't working. So I ended up editing it in iMovie, which was like sort of strange. Uh, you know, I'm going to say, I'm going to make that actually like Both. my imposter and my all-star moment of the week, because I did feel quite accomplished once I actually did get it cut and get like the audio in there and figure out how to split it. And certain places and you know edit out one word this morning that I didn't like so yeah I'm feeling I'm feeling like I'm in a good place with that right now (laughs) yeah I feel the same way for my moment which is I mean basically yours like starting this podcast I texted you over break well we had a one-week break so I'm calling it break we had a holiday break and I texted you I think the day before New Year's the day before New Year's Eve being like Uh, being like, Monica, we're starting the podcast. Let's do it. Like I had just had a pumpkin cold brew from Starbucks. I was (laughs) feeling like the new year is about to hit. I was feeling like the sky's the limit, Taylor. Like this is your year. And I texted Monica. I was like, we're doing it. And she was like, yep. And I mean, we met last week and this is the second week of us working on it. We have our, we have our, our logo. We made a trailer. We figured out how to host it. And it's already submitted to iTunes and Spotify, just waiting to get approved. And like, that's pretty cool. Like we just, in the beginning, we're like, how do we do this? Do we need special microphones? Do we need ads? Do we need, oh, we got our music. We've picked that music. Like you think of all these things that can, that can talk you, you can, you kind of talk yourself out of it. Like we don't, no one wants to hear what we have to say. And and we may be right. Maybe no one wants to hear what we have to say. (laughs) But just our parents and maybe a couple of our friends, but we want to just put this out here kind of as an experiment and see how it goes. And then we can ramp it up from here. But I think sometimes the doing is the first step. Like the courage comes after that. The courage comes from 
acting and and seeing the results and then seeing where you can improve you you totally. can't sit around and wait for that like courage to come it comes from it comes from like okay I did that and it was fine I I submitted to iTunes today nothing happened just waiting around actually something did happen our artwork was too <laughs> large but I fixed that um, yes you know so I think that was also just the imposter syndrome of who the heck are we to launch a podcast and will people make fun of us? Well, I mean, that would be so losery if, if you've gotten to this point in this episode and you like want to make fun of us. Thanks for listening to the whole episode. You know, like that's, I think but we also, got like, somewhere. please don't make fun of us. I know, but that would be kind of cool to get like hate comments. That means we've really hit it big. So I'm kind of, I, I'm, choo- I'm choosing not to manifest that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't imagine the comment. Yeah, let's, let's not go down that road. But yeah, I felt, I felt like that with the podcast. I think that that was my moment. That was both my moment too, just getting it submitted, figuring out how to even get it up and running. And we did it and I'm proud of us. And I wish we could celebrate in person. I know. Yeah, but we'll have a blowout party when we become famous and um, have a ton of money from all of our ads that we're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> and in the meantime I'm gonna drink all the wine in my apartment tonight and think of you I, yes oh thank you so much that is so sweet <sighs> so the moral it. of this episode is if you drink a pumpkin cold brew you too can have your own podcast within a week yes sometimes you just need that stroke of inspiration and you just got to keep running with it and yeah. maybe you'll get somewhere it's either like for me it's either like inspiration or heart palpitations and like nothing in between it's like it has to be the perfect amount this morning it was a little palpitation gotta be honest but little palpy little Little palpy like in in anticipation of recording this (laughs) no from all the from too much cold brew like from a little just a little bit just that extra to that extra sip too much oh man i gotta really go for that right now Well, I think well, we and did. That, and there we go. There's I think we did. Um, yeah, this is this is not how all the episodes will run. We plan to have guests. Um, our next episode is going to be with our friend Lindsay Lustig, who works at Headspace as a tech recruiter, and she's going to help us understand from the recruiting side at, at big companies um, and tech companies how. They make decisions on who they move forward with and kind of give some tidbits. And she actually was my recruiter at Headspace. So she can give us tidbits behind the curtain of what I was like from the, the recruiter's point of view. Um, and then um, lined up after her, we have your friend Ellie, who is going to talk to us about salary negotiations, interviewing, maybe more on the salary negotiation side. So we have some cool episodes lined up. If you want to follow us, We made an Instagram and now we have to become content creators because we really want to connect with you guys and get questions there. I think that may be the best way for us to hear from you. And so our Instagram handle is impostherpod. So just I-M-P-O-S-T-H-E-R pod, P-O-D. And uh, follow us there. We're going to start posting, get some polls in there and some open-ended questions for you. And yeah, please subscribe to our podcast so you can get new episodes every week we plan to release them every week at least hopefully that oh, hopefully we'll we see <laughs> and rate i have i've always wanted do you want to say it do you want to say no, it? no no i really i really want you to say it we okay, can take okay. turns 
Um, please rate, review, and subscribe. That's the best way to support our podcast. And give us five stars for, um, you know, because we're some five-star ladies over here. And <laughs> and we really want this to, all, all joking aside about us becoming famous and making money, this is, this is really a way for us I'm to cracking connect. up over here. This is great. <laughs> no, but I'm serious. This is a way for us to connect to people like us, maybe, maybe people like us five years ago or, or people not like us, but that, that want to want to break in the space, but feel like it's unattainable. And this is kind of our way of connecting with people because we're sitting in our apartments alone coding all day. And this is a way for us to be social. Please do us a favor and subscribe so we can keep growing this thing and reach as many people as possible and get some amazing guests because we have some pretty good networks of people that we can pull from well until next time y'all out over and out imposters how do we how do we end it i don't know you're recording no i was just gonna say how do we end it like with words oh i thought we just did maybe we did thanks for listening thanks for (laughs) thanks for making it through our first episode um and we'll talk to you next week Okay, bye. bye.